Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone's keeping well in the world right now. Yeah, hello everyone. If you if you're hot, if you're cold, who knows? Because we, we've been caught caught out by this so many times. So let, let's every just, single week is an yeah, issue. Let's just not talk about the weather anymore. Hello everyone. <laughs> Uh, as you can probably guess, we are Sans Matthew Guy. He's got a Thursday wedding after mocking Stu last year, although Stu did miss out on uh, David Nell because of his, and Matt is missing out on our third today, which is Mr. Ash Dolan. Ash, hello again. How are you? Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Weather's just a bit too much for me, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I like now is, like, because we're recording now, it's the 4th of August... It feels like winter is on its way, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like the, the nights are drawing in. This is my favourite time of the year. We've just got to get through Halloween, and then we're like properly into the winter seasons. And can't wait. What the, the uh, goth Christmas? This is a goth complete, Christmas. Complete and utter waste of time. It's just for children, isn't it? Yeah. It starts in September now, doesn't it? Oh, it's terrible. The thing about Halloween that bugs me, and I know we've said this before, but horror is for all year round, not just for one month. That's what pisses me off. Everyone's a horror buff for like 31 days and then ignores it the rest of the year, but it's just not right. It's just not on. Anyway, we've got a shitload of news that has completely spoiled the entire script that I wrote 24 hours ago. So we'll get started and we'll play one through. Uh, Last week, we had the Geek Fest that was the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, So I thought we should probably have a look, really, at those. I'm going to try and avoid most of the MCU stuff that came out of San Diego because, to be honest, there was nothing really new. It was more of the same old crap. Uh, First off, San Diego Comic-Con, would it be the best thing ever or the worst thing ever to attend, Stu? I mean, considering, well, weirdly enough, I've never been to a con ever. Um, That does surprise me. That's that seems to that that seems to be the like the nadir of all these things. That mm. it, it's it's both of them, both of the above. Where it seems to be the 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 one where everything's all ten times worse than from a hygiene point of view. <laughs> the, <laughs> by the yeah. by, the looks at the uh, the photos that come out of it every year. Um, but if you want crowds and you want that kind of atmosphere, I guess that that's exactly what you want. So. If there if there was to be one that I'd go to, it would be one of the bigger ones just to get just to soak it all up and not soak up the sweat so much. <laughs> Ash, I mean, you're a regular con goer. Um, would this be too much? Because it it looks a lot, doesn't it? You're talking to the guy who's applied for tickets and is a member, and the hope that he can actually get to one of them. But I've looked at it, like, and unless you're going to, uh, is it Hall H? Yeah, that's the big yeah. one. Unless you're going there, it's not too bad. It's Hall H is the big one. I think you have to queue for, like, a day beforehand to get in on the big day. <laughs> and, like, I imagine that's just hell in San Diego on a, what, is it July? Was it July? or yes, July. July. July yeah. in San Diego oh, all day. You'd burn to a crisp. But I say, apart from that, because the amount of stuff that's there, there's like the, they've got AEW were there this year. They've got all the other things. It, I don't think it'd be too bad. So yeah. I'd go with heaven. Yeah, I th- I think it would be excellent. I've done some of the London ones, which are like busier than busy. Um, but the experience is incredible. So yeah, I, I would love to go. 
it would absolutely honk in there. It would be worse <laughs> than going into a CEX, though. Like, <laughs> um, so at CEX, there was a CEX. So when I went to my last week, there's a CEX there now. It wasn't there. I'm sure it wasn't there the year before. I didn't see if it was. Mm. So it's relatively new. Still smells exactly the same. <laughs> they all know. do. I don't know how it's possible. It's like they must just get a load of teenage boys on treadmills out the back. <laughs> like it's disgusting. <laughs> you haven't got a monster CX like we do in Chester, do you? Yours is ridiculous. It's like, huge. Yeah, it's massive. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, first up, some Nick news, or rather, no Nick news. Disney have announced the National Treasure TV series without Nicolas Cage, subtitled Edge of History. Is there any real interest in this series, especially without Cage? Like, at that point, it sounds like it's just going to be like a really tenuous tie into that world to try and bump up views. Stu, are you interested in this one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, like we said two years ago, I, I'd never really, I don't remember watching these films anyway. Well, definitely this, not the second one. Um, but I really liked them, and like, I liked the Uncharted film. And if it's going to be more of this, but every week, it, in a way, it's it saves his legacy of them two films. And yeah. and still not like we've said. I'm sure we've said since that he. It wouldn't surprise me if he's there at the very last sit, like after credit scene at the end of the series or something like that. Yeah. Um, just just to lead into maybe hopefully the third film. But yeah, I mean, out of all of the that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. It looks. It looks a bit like teenage TV kind of thing, like young adult mm-hmm. stuff. But who really cares? I mean, that's what we watch most of the time anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, Nick Cage being in their films was not was the draw to it. But I like the world. I like it's. It doesn't tell, take itself too seriously, and it's got a bit of like a Hawaii Five O reboot kind of vibe to it, which it's I, got a bit of a camp charm, has it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like like the Magnum reboot, that kind of world. And I like that, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it anyway. It's probably going to be shit, but who cares? Yeah, I, I'm tempted to binge it rather than follow it weekly. To be honest, a bit like I did with Ms. Marvel, just power through it in one afternoon. They've Ash. got R- Riley's in it, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, is the, it? Okay, Riley's back in it. So I, uh, there's that little link in there that kind of keeps me that keeps me going for it. I think. Uh, if they'd completely done a new cast, I'd be a bit more cautious. But to have Riley as that link in between, I think that sort of saves it. Mm. I imagine that like Nick or Diane Krug is going to come back in the end. They have to, like Stu said. Yeah. Uh, Walking Dead for the next 12 months. Right, okay. So we've got season eight of Fear the Walking Dead. The final eight episodes begin airing of the main series on the 2nd of October. The Rick Grimes movie is now a six-part miniseries to be released next year. And there's also three other Walking Dead series due. An unnamed Norman Reedus solo show. Maggie and Negan spin-off show called Isle of the Dead. And an anthology series called Tales of the Walking Dead. So even though the main series is due to finish, there is plenty more Walking Dead to keep going. I believe... um, World Beyond, was it called? The the last spin-off? That's been canned, um, but there's a shit ton of stuff in the next 12 months just from The Walking Dead. 
I'm kind of looking forward to The Walking Dead finishing, if I'm being honest. I've enjoyed the last couple of years, but I'm now done with it, I believe. Ash, what are your thoughts? Um, where do I watch an episode? I've not seen one single episode of any of it. Oh, really? <laughs> I've um, never watched an episode. Wow. I believe it's on, is it on Disney Plus? Yeah. Oh, is it? I, I would say watch the first season, especially I think the first season's really, really good. It's only six episodes as well. Mm. Oh. Yeah. After, it's just with zombie, zombie stuff, it's, it's zombie fatigue in a sense, like, you've had Sean, you've got Zombieland, you've had Dawn, you've had all these better things, and then a series came around, it just never appealed to me. Mm, I think as a reader of the books, I was hooked immediately, I already had that in, but I can completely understand where you're coming from. Stu, I know you started way back at the start, same time as myself. Is fatigue setting in this world? Do you want another four series worth of things to be watching? Um, it'll like you. It'll be nice when the main series is over. Um, even though, like we like we've said that it was so bad for like two or three years, mm. like it's almost that like you have to. Pay. I think now, now we know where we are. It probably is worth powering through to get to see the end of it. I mean, the last, like you said, the last. One and a half years have been superb. Um, some of the best stuff that they've done, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's time now for it for all the actors' sake as well, just sort of to do something else. <laughs> um, but the other stuff, Fear the Walking Dead, I think I watched three seasons of. Um, and then I it's other two seat, it's other three seasons of or four seasons of, and then I started to I watched two of the season after and then stopped. I don't know why, because I, I enjoyed it. It's more of the same, just different people. World Beyond never even got into. Um, again, it's all on Disney Plus, so we just can we can just do it and find just go and do it at will. But the uh, the Rick Grimes one, I'm looking forward to that because that made no sense at all. What happened there um, made zero sense. Um, so f- just to round that off, looking forward to that one, but. <laughs> The the Norman Reedus thing, if that if that kind of backdoor pilot that we had is anything to go by, that should be canned straight away because that that was absolutely shocking. Um, but I can see where they're coming from. They want to get it all out while it's still relevant, rather than have one one of these per year. But where do you go? Is Rick Grimes the wrong one from uh, Love Actually? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, but that's the that's the weird thing because I hadn't seen Love Actually until like a couple of years ago. So, I, or the what the the teachers thing that he was in before. Um, yeah, was it Waterloo Road? Is that what it was called? Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds right. So I, I ne- the first thing I saw of him was in The Walking Dead. So going teachers. back to teach. There you go. There you go. Um, it's all the same bollocks. But <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about the same bollocks, I mean, I hint for later. I've bowed down and I've watched two episodes of Denton Abbey. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Why? I stayed away from it for, what, 12 years? And it was there and it, I thought, hmm, just out of pure curiosity. And you know what's going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's worse, Denton Abbey or Matt's fascination with the crown just because he's looking forward to seeing Princess Diana. 
Okay, it's just weird. <laughs> well, at least the, the crown's and the crown looks. It's different. It's like loosely based on reality. The crown, but the Downton's its own little thing. Mm. It'd be it, fair it, if it was like the last year, though. Again, if they did the last, like the last actual consecutive year, it'd be much better with old Prince William and Prince Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it will be interesting when they get to the Prince of Peg and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the long-awaited prequel for the Gremlins has been announced. The Secrets of the Mogwai animated series will be available on HBO Max next year, apparently. Uh, We'll get to HBO Max (laughs) in a bit. The cast is pretty stacked as well. Isaac Wang is playing the main character, but we've also got um, Ming-Na Wen, B.D. Wong, James Hong, Matthew Reese, Sandra O, oh, Randall Park, and George Takai. Um, the show is going to be about Sam Wing, who meets a Mogwai and has to return him home. Uh, they will encounter colourful monsters and spirits from Chinese folklore whilst being pursued by a power-hungry industrialist looking to grow his army of gremlins. I mean, it's 30 years later, but... I'm really excited about this. Stu, animated Gremlins, is this is this up your alley? <sighs> up a dark alley. Um where <laughs> what style of animation is it? No idea. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be um like three D rendered stuff. I believe it's gonna be more traditionally two D. Yeah, because if it's I think that that's gonna be the key for me. If if it's like Castlevania, we talk about Castlevania all the time as well. How good that is! Yeah. If, if it's like that, then I bring it on, especially with that cast as well. I mean, the cast is. I mean, the, the cast could get to, could pull me in if it's something terrible like Yu Gi Oh or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, wait and see because there's some styles of animation that I just can't take to. I can't do it, regardless of how good it is. Right, I found it on. I'm going to send it you now. On, on WhatsApp, it's, just for your live reaction. It's a bit... Mm, right, mm, there you go. It is winging mm, its way to you now. And tell me what you think of uh, the animation. They look like Funko Pops. They do a little bit, don't they? Mm. I mean, obviously, it's still a very early, and who knows how it's going to... I mean, it might just be that the image isn't great. But it is a more traditional, two-dimensional animation than it is... Like is, a Toy Story esque thing. Is it? It looks. It looks cell shaded. It looks kind of a mixture of things. It, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it is going to be a case of it's. It's got elements of traditional and non-traditional animation in there. Oh yeah, bring, yeah. I like this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm intrigued to see how that's going to blend together. It look. It look. You know what it looks like. It looks like Fortnite. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, for the listeners, if you just go on to Google and type in Secrets of the Mogwai, it's like the first image of um, Gizmo that you see on there. See what you think. Let us know what you think of it. it. It's intriguing, to say the least, I think. Ash, Gremlins, Mogwais? I'm a bit young for Gremlins. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what, did it come out? 84? I think it was, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's five years before I was born. So, um, <laughs> with all the different like reboots and all those sort of things, to go through the cartoon route, I think it's that's just different enough to make it a bit more interesting than just a standard origin story or whatever. Um, 
it depends on how to like adultish they go because in the original they can get it does get a little gruesome doesn't it if i remember yes the the original film is kind of horror to be honest yeah but with a cartoon, it depends if they go a bit more adult or not. So I don't, I'm not sure. It could be good. I, I will watch it, but I say I've not got much context to it for being too young. That's fair. Did you have uh, a Mogwai bag at school? No, I, I'm a boy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is my point. How many, how many girls did you did you know that actually watched Gremlins? Because it was always a thing that the that the boys watched and stuff. In a, well, definitely in our school yeah. anyway. But all the girls had Mogwai bags. Like, yeah, even though they'd never seen a second of it. Yeah, yeah it's baffling. Mm, it is a weird one. Right, I've got a little bit of MCU news and then quite a bit of DC news. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the MCU, Oscar Isaac is currently in Cairo and was asked if Moon Knight Season 2 is happening. To which he responded, why else would we be here? <laughs> so it looks like season two is currently being filmed. Um, also, Passon Oswald was on an American chat show and confirmed that Eternals yeah. 2 is happening and Chloe Zhao will be directing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ash, thoughts on Moonshite and more Eternals? Shite night, I called it. <laughs> um, why? Why? Con- hashtag content, isn't it? Mm. It's just Very not. Nice, we don't need any of it at all. It's just going to lead them to um, wherever it's is Kang's dynasty and Secret Wars. It's just yeah. plodding them along, but we don't need more. Come on, give over. <laughs> Stu, I mean Eternals. We all know your thoughts on Eternals. But it very much ends with the cliffhanger of introducing Harry Styles and all these other characters. So. It was always going to happen, wasn't it? The, the sequel. Yeah, it can't be any worse. That's the only thing. It can't be any worse. So you got Harry Styles and Dobby in whatever the hell that was. Dobby in a wig. <laughs> um, fine, just fine. Just bring it in. Just, just sort it out. Sort out the mess from the first one. Um, Moon uh, Moon Knight was. I, I enjoyed it at the time. I ain't, I ain't gone back and watched it like I thought I would do. Um, yet, and um, it's one of them that you don't really need to either. <laughs> you don't well, you don't need to do it with any of these things. But <laughs> I enjoyed it at the time. Um, but I think, given that few months grace, it's probably. Holland is now a Manchester City player, but as he begins his career in the Premier League, his performances will fall under the watch of a former Manchester United. I don't know where that is. Now, tell- for some reason, my <laughs> phone. Completely apropos of nothing, started playing a YouTube video. Yeah. Like I, Hello, Tifo. Yeah, Tifo just, like I haven't touched my phone. The YouTube app isn't even open on my phone. I, I don't know what the fuck happened there. That's, see, that's Dobby, that is. It is, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that, that thing's name is. It's, um, it's some leprechaun. I can't remember. Yeah, it's a... Yeah. Yeah. So, Moon Knight, yeah, fine. I, I enjoyed it at the time. Um, it's an error a week, whatever. Yeah, there's there's more. I, I'd rather them have like Hawkeye too, but we know that that's not going to happen. So mm. fair, uh, right? So the Flash is due to end next year. It's going to be its tenth year on screen, and is the last show standing from the Arrowverse. Stu, I know you've watched it all the way throughout. I know you haven't 
caught up on the last year or two, but you've been a long-term Arrowverse viewer. Um, should it be curtains for the Arrowverse? Should they spin it off again and, and pick another character? Or is time now done in that world? Yeah, I think it is. To get, they finished Arrow at the right time. They got that spot on. Um, mm-hmm. Batwoman was was a farce. <laughs> it was... We know why that went on for so long and what it what it was every week. It was pointless. It was yeah. it was too much and there was no need for any of it. Um yeah, it's a nice time to just wrap it up, leave it alone, move on, do something else. Um especially if we're gonna have I was gonna say HBO HBO Max, but then we'll get on to that, <laughs> on to that in a minute. But yeah, I enjoyed the Arrowverse, and I think it I was kind of waiting for this to get me back into it because I have got like a year and a half's worth of Flash to catch up with. Um, well, it was after the the five, what was it? I can't remember what it was called. The five that linked together. Yeah, the crossover no. Final Crisis, yeah. doodah. The one after that one. Yeah, it because it, it started, it, it it came back, and it was five episodes. It was part one to part five. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, I know the one you mean, but yeah, it, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm from then onwards. So it ain't much, but it's it's just a nice way to finish. And with with Superman and Lois being its own thing now, just keep it as its own thing because they've already broke the continuity with the um mm-hmm. of solitude anyway. Are they so? Yeah, whatever. The crisis on Infinite Earth. Yes, that's the no yeah. that that was the. No? That was the cross. That was that, the that was flash, the crossover. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was the arrow death. Yeah, it was the one after that. Uh, yeah, mm. but we've got Superman and Lois. Leave that alone. That's all we need. That's the best one yeah. anyway. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It's it's coming and sort of cleaned house. I think a little bit, and and I'm okay with just having a single continuity show going on. We don't need the the massive overarching world that we've had for the last decade. As, as, at this point, you know. So yeah. Ash, um, I know you've only watched Legends. Is there anything at all that could interest you into doing a binge watch of this universe? Or um, no, um, uh, Stephen. Am- no, Stephen Amell. He probably would drag me into the Arrow side of things. But no, um, they brought in Legends of Tomorrow using the Doctor's assistant, and he played a time traveler with a team using a getaway. <laughs> Getaway time traveling machine is like this is just perfect for a Doctor Who fan. So no, um, Stephen, I like Stephen Amell obviously with the wrestling crossover. So I think that would possibly be the only one that would interest me really. That's fair. I've uh, got a few headlines. Joker Two's got a release date, fourth of October, twenty four, and is likely going to be mostly set within Arkham Asylum. Um, Shazam 2 and Aquaman 2 look like they're probably going to be rescheduled again for what looks like it's going to be the fourth or fifth time, I believe. Um, But really, the big news all surrounds Batgirl. So the movie was deep into post-production at this point, having spent almost $100 million, according to some reports, when Warner Brothers have completely pulled the plug on the project, stating, we are committed to making DC titles big theatrical event films and Batgirl isn't that rumours are that it tested poorly or that it was pulled because of HBO Max's restructuring which we'll get to shortly 
Um, this also seems to have had a knock-on effect that the Supergirl film probably won't be happening now. Um, thankfully, Peacemaker 2 is going ahead. And producers from the Flash movie have said that all is well in the Flash world. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not well because Ezra Miller is, well, who fucking knows what Ezra Miller is. <laughs> They're insane by the sounds of it. So there's a lot of shit going on. So the only question I can ask, what the fuck is going on here? Stu, I mean, this <laughs> is this is incredible, really, isn't it? So much happening so late in the day. I can't think of a film that's been done and then canned so late ever or on this scale. Um, it's I know that I saw a lot of things saying oh, it, it was it was more cost effective for them to cancel it for tax reasons. I think what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> How can that be possible? Um, but it also led on to something. There was a woman who'd made a show for. Um, for Apple and she asked for a hard copy of it and she she's the only person in the world who's got the illegal hard copy of her own show because it doesn't exist anywhere physically obviously it's all streamed so it's the streaming's a nice thing um and we all love it and everything but physical blu-rays and the questions got a couple after but HBO Max was looked like, oh, it's it's the most wonderful thing in the world, and bring it here, and now all this happens. And you think, what? From where? It looks so stable, and everything they put out was superb. I mean, we we we, we audially, audially wanked off over Peacemaker every week, mm. <laughs> and it's probably one of the best superhero things that's been made in the last 15 years anyway. And then you come to this, what, literally what, four or five months later? just completely insane it mm. doesn't make any sense at all and th- there's restructuring and there's meddling and there's getting your dick out and whapping it on the table for no reason at all <laughs> and that's what seems to have happened with this it, it's a mixture of all three of those things isn't it we've got a new guy who's come in and taken over hbo max who is as you say wants to be the big dick in the room and he's trying to wield some power. I think the reviews probably haven't been as good as they wanted. So they're thinking if it goes into the cinema, it's not going to make a big splash. And I don't think HBO Max is in a position where dropping a film onto HBO Max is going to pull viewers in. So the best course of action is to have a tax write-off, which means that they'll probably get to claim most of that $100 million back in the next fiscal year. Um, But that then means that they absolutely cannot show Batgirl for profit anywhere. So the chances are that we probably will never see it unless they then decide down the line to release it for profit. But then they'll have to then incur payments on the tax write-off. So they'd be in a bit of a shitter if they went that way. It's a mess. Just wait until the Twitter nerds will come on for it. Release the release the Batgirl cut. Already doing it within seconds. <laughs> yeah, it, like if you look at any fucking response to the tweets from like discussing film or whoever, like they're always rancid because they're full of MCU nonces and Snyder Bros. And now you've got these. You've, they've got a new cause to to latch on to. Like it, it might end up being the worst film you've ever seen, but. They don't care. They 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 want what they want, and they won't <laughs> stop till 
they've driven everyone insane. (laughs) 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 Right, so that's the news for this week. Uh, We'll move on to some listener questions now. Um, I will need to pull the tweet up because I haven't got Matt to throw to, which is really annoying. Okay. Okie doke, right. We have got one from our regular, Mr. Andrew Wright. After being found guilty of conspiracy to endorse Aston Villa, you are able to choose your own sentence. You have got three options. The first option, you are the next contestant on The Running Man. Two, you are sent to Manhattan Island, a la Escape from New York. Or three, 20 years on Fury 161, the Alien 3 prison. Ash, which of those punishments, rank them, which is best, which is worse, which could you handle and which would absolutely annihilate you? Alien Free Prison is going to be the best one, surely. They were fine until the uh, Xenomorph turned up. They had quite, if I remember, they had quite a good little uh, setup going. They were all quite cheerful together, weren't they? If I remember rightly. And then they were doing all right, yeah. They were doing all right, so I think that one's not much of a thing as long as you don't turn up when old... Uh, Zeno turns up, you'll be all right. <laughs> be all right, laugh. Um, and then after that, uh, probably go with Running Man second, maybe. I don't know, actually. Mm. Stu? I mean, Running Where are you Man. Going? Running Man's probably going to happen in this country in the next five years. Let's just put it out there. I mean, X Factor's been off for too long now. Simon Kell and his, his warped face needs something else to do. I was going to go the complete other way. I was going to say, let's get dropped into New York and just cause chaos. Because <laughs> there's always the threat of a xenomorph and you don't want anything to do with it at all. <laughs> even even if it's not, if it's just in that world, don't care. If it's not near me, it, it's, it could be near me and you wouldn't know until until it's too late. So yeah. that, that can stay at the very bottom of the list. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think I'd rather go with the Manhattan Island personally. I think I could hack that one. Um, with the running man, I just don't want to be chased by Jesse Ventura. Crackpot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had a message from Dave Evans. Do you think those who work behind the scenes on films, such as choreography, set designs, costumes, etc., get annoyed when a film bombs? The story acting might be bad, but their work might have been exceptional. Are they forever tarnished from working on a quote-unquote bad film? Stu? What what do you think of the people behind the scenes? Do they get are they as as invested as what's going on in the acting world? Because let's be honest, most films are judged on the acting and directing, probably more so than the the costume design, which for me is a big part of a film, but it does get overlooked, rightly or wrongly. I think by people in that kind of in their profession, I don't think it it really matters that much because you. I mean, game recognises game, don't it, at the end of the day? And you, mm. you look at, Evil said, hey, one of the greatest film of all time, Avatar, how good it actually looks, and the technology was great, mm-hmm. despite your wrongness of the story. But So you still got examples like that, and you've still seen loads of films that have won things for best, best graphics or best um, CG or whatever that are shit. So yeah. I don't think it matters. It's probably annoying to them that they've they've poured their the heart and soul into it for months on end, and they've got all the tapestries and everything, and everything's all looking all great, and they've done the jobs perfectly, and then it gets ruined by people in fat suits. <laughs> we don't need to name him. Um, 
but it's probably annoying more than more than anything else. But I think for their for their people, they'll get recognised regardless. I think if if it's good work, they'll they'll see. Ash, do you agree? How many uh, golden boots has Harry Kane won? How many uh, trophies has he won with Spurs? And yet he still <laughs> remains. Mm-hmm. He does good work on himself, but his team never gets a good trophy. So I think it's the same sort of thing, really. Yeah, I, I think I agree because, like, um, I'm sure the, not the Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad was Oscar nominated, if I remember correctly. I can't remember if it was for design, uh, for costume design or for a graphics, but I do think bad films still get recognised for their good elements, especially if you're a casting director or, uh, not a casting director, sorry, if you're um, a producer and you want someone to design clothes you're not looking at the quality of the film as such. And yeah, it must be annoying that the film that they've worked hard on ended up shitting the bed. But from their career point of view, I think they would probably be happy in the knowledge that they've done a very good job nonetheless. Yeah, unless they worked on Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yeah, that is a stinker, isn't it? Uh, Matt Cunnington, what is your favourite Adam Sandler film? You must have one. Compliance is mandatory. Ash, favourite Adam Sandler film? Um, oh, pre two, pre what two thousand and seven is where he went off the rails. Happy Gilmore, uh, post Hustle. I still Hustle. haven't watched Hustle. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Hustle, but I haven't watched it yet. Hustle's a great film. Mm. I was going to go with Uncut Gems until I saw Hustle, uh, but I'm going with Hustle on its own. But Happy Gilmore's great, silly bollocks. I think that was in mm. the peak of his. Uh, I'm a, I'm a silly little wanker and I just do the same <laughs> same act every single time and you will laugh, sheep. <laughs> Stu, Adam Sandler, what you got? Yeah, that was my answer. I, mean, I don't like him at all, but that film, I do. For exactly what, what I said, it, it was one of the first, I think, very few golf films anyway. <laughs> um, because my dad likes golf, I remember watching Happy Gilmore mm. with him. So it's always that kind of, I remember that film and I've, I probably saw it about five, six years ago, something like that, and it still holds up really well, surprisingly, considering its age. That's fair. I mean, you've got the obvious ones that Ash has already mentioned, um, and also Punch Drunk, Punch Drunk Love is a really good grown-up drama comedy that doesn't really get as much recognition as it should. Um, but just for the sake of being different, I'm going to go with The Wedding Singer. Mm. I, I really enjoyed The Wedding Singer. I quite like Drew Barrymore, though, so I think that's, that definitely helps. I, I even liked them when they did Fifty First Dates, mostly for Dan Aykroyd's joke about whale penises having the second largest... Uh, whales having the second largest penis. Is it whales? Walruses having the second largest penis. I have the first one. Like, yeah, great. But yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that one. It's not as bad as some people make out in some films, but then in your Jack and Jill's, he's the dirt worst actor that's ever acted. And click. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've had another tweet in from a first-time listener. Matthew Guy wants to know, what is the first film you remember watching that didn't go your way? You remember being saddened or it was an Empire Strikes Back ending where the bad guys won. Uh, Matt says that he's and TK, former guest of the podcast, was uh, Leon. Watching it back recently, Tona, his banker, was a right shithouse. I'll let you two think about it while I give my answer, um, which is probably going to come up again in a little bit as well. It's My Girl. Um, I mean, that film was out in, what, 90, 
93, something like that. Um, so I, I would have been under 10 when it came out. And the main guy, like Macaulay Corkin, who as a kid I wanted to be, and as an adult I still want to be, like he died in this film and like little little Andy just couldn't quite hack it. It was, it was too much. It was horrible, horrible. So yet my girl was just, they just sent me off the rails, I think. So that was the first time I remember a film truly not going my way. Uh, Stu, have you got anything? This is harder than I thought. Um, what are you trying to think about this one? Um, is, I think he's yeah. I think he's actually. I think he stumped me. Go on, Ash. I'll, I'll think more. But... I've got two. One's cheating because it's a TV show, but it's How I Met Your Mother. That should <laughs> never have. It should never have ended that way. I will forever be bitter that he, he should never yeah. have ended with Robin. I don't care. It's bollocks. The show's how I met your mother, and he still just ends up with a no. They shit the bed with that one. But for a film, pick any of the Friday the Thirteenth because they're all obnoxious, shitty teenagers, and then they win at the end. Like <laughs> Jason should have won at least one. It's like the Harlem Grove trials. Let him win one. That is fair. But I've got to be honest. I, I do love the Friday the Thirteenth. Like the first one, I think is a masterpiece, and then all the others are just. Silly bollocks, but they're fun with it. Yeah. Stu, have you got anything, or are you I'm, done? Done. I'm I'm back. I'm completely stumped. I, I can't Incredible. answer the question. You'll have to have a think about it for the next uh, next question cast. Yeah. Right. So that's the listener questions done. Thank you very much for sending in your tweets. Uh, it's a slight change to Hot Take Corner. It's actually Hot Take Corner revisited. Um, We've heard that Netflix has lost almost a million subscribers in the second quarter. Peacock have released their submission numbers. They've showed zero growth in Q2. They went in with 13 million subs. They finished with 13 million subs even. Bearing in mind they spent $1 billion not that long ago on buying the WWE Network to stream all of the WWE wrestling stuff. Prime has announced another price hike recently, which saw a storm on Twitter with people claiming that they'll be cancelling their subs. And then HBO Max, like it still isn't available across the world. They've removed a shitload of their material. They've cancelled not just Batgirl, which we've already spoke about, but other films that they'd got in the pipeline. They're just not going to be proceeding with them. And they've laid off 70% of their developmental staff and it's merging with Discovery Plus. There's a lot going on in the streaming world at the moment. Uh, firstly, what are you subscribed to and why, Stu? Netflix, because, obviously. Um, Prime, mainly because having two children and them needing things all the time, it's it's just handy. So it doesn't really... The, the TV and film stuff is a bonus, so even though the stuff on there that I watch... If, when we were talking about this the other day, when we that the best way to do it, if you've got if you've got the kind of the patience, you'd set it up and like a sort of thing where you could have one month of watching Prime, then one month of watching Apple, then one month of Paramount Plus, and kind of con- condense everything into one month and then move along. But you've got to be disciplined to do all, all that stuff. Um, so at the minute, it's Prime, Netflix, um, Disney Plus because. Star Wars, Marvel. It's, it's exactly my stuff, regardless of all the other things. Um, 
And at the minute, Apple TV Plus, because PlayStation gave us free subs for six months, and that would be the first one to go because I don't watch it enough, anywhere near enough, really. Mm. Yeah. I'm say, I've got Disney Plus because I paid for a year, so I'm, I'm locked into it, so I may as well carry on with it. Netflix, I get through my phone contract, so obviously that's a no-brainer. Um, and that's all I've got at the minute because I don't want to spend money on stuff that I'm not really watching. I, I saw the other day that on Prime, it tells you the, the number of films and TV shows you've watched. And within the last 12 months, I think I'd watched two films and one series. I'm not that that's not worth me spending seven ninety nine a month, let alone the eight ninety nine it's gone up to now. So that got canned. So yeah, I'm I'm down to just the two because one I've already paid for and the other one is a bonus on my phone contract. Ash, what have you got? Christ. Um Netflix just cause. Uh Disney Plus because we must bow to Kevin Feige and all that he is. Um <laughs> uh, Prime because obviously as well. They quickly ship Pokemon cards, and I am a nerd. <laughs> uh, just got rid of Apple because we're waiting for Ted Lasso to come back. Um, now TV because we haven't got a Skybox and uh, House of Dragons coming soon. So that's about it. I think it's all just mostly for different shows, really. Mm. Those what ones and twos. Yeah. So the second question, I suppose it's a bit of a two-parter. One, is this a tipping point for streaming, do we think? There's a lot going on and most of it's negative. And the other thing is, if a new new subscription-based streamer came out, how would they get your attention? There is so many things going on now all doing their own tiny little niche. Is it possible for a new one to come out and really cut through the market and make an impact? Stu? My first answer for this was going to be, just have Netflix like it used to be and everything just be on there. <laughs> that would be the best way to... Everyone... Yeah. It's so ridiculous that South Park has got this spot on again because <laughs> Streaming Wars Part 1 and 2 nailed this pro- problem. Yeah. On the head. It's not even parody. It's true. Yeah. There's too many. They've all wanted a little piece of the pie and now the plate's empty. There's, they've pushed it too far. And now everyone's going to lose out because they were greedy. A bit like the energy companies will at the 1st of October. Don't pay UK. Um, but <laughs> I think that's not going to happen anymore, is it? So I think the only one that will make me do anything would be the dream of the Premier League doing their own. Mm. So 10 quid a month, watch every game, job done. Then make an absolute fortune. They did that worldwide. They think of the money. I mean, they, they make billions. They don't need Sky. They don't need... NBC, exactly like the MLS have done with Apple for 10 years, mm-hmm. which I don't think we've, we've probably talked about that on here, have we? Because it was... No. Um, that seems like a, a, a testing bed for this. If, if that works, I can see the Premier League doing it anyway. They've got yeah, the, they'll the, do the same thing, don't they? Yeah, and the Sunday ticket and everything like that. That'd be the best one. They've got the infrastructure to do it. I mean, you can get Sunday ticket now. You can, everyone can buy that. Um, but yeah, that'll be the... Premier League did it, 10 quid, even 15 quid a month, watch every every single game. They've shown that the streaming works when they've done it through Prime at Christmas. There's yeah. your part, there's your partner, just get it done. That'll yeah. be that'll be worth the money. I'll do that straight away. Mm-hmm. Ash? 
I think your only hope, and say your only hope, is if you clung to one of the others and or one or two of the others and said, "Here's here's all the content for maybe a Prime and a Disney Plus," but they're not going to, are they? They're not going to combine because they want their own piece, like Stu said. So I think it's gonna, it's just gonna keep going and going until it all implodes, and then we're gonna be fucked and back at the start again. Yeah, I mean. I don't condone breaking the law, but you can see why illegal subscription television networks exist and why they're doing so well. Because they are trying to do something that no one else is and give everyone a little bit of something. Whereas I feel that everyone's trying to corner their own little market and in trying to please some, I think they're going to end up pleasing nobody. It's become a little bit too ubiquitous. Um, There's just too much out there. And... I mean, even if I look at Netflix, the quality of the films has really suffered over the last few years. Like, year on year, the actual movies that Netflix produces are a bit shit, and they cost a fuckload of money. So, yeah, I, I think that they're just they're going about it completely wrong. Netflix need to go back to what brought them to the dance and actually bring a lot of different content, not just Netflix-produced content now. Yeah, do, we think... need, do we need Netflix films, though? Because I didn't sign up for Netflix films. I signed up for TV series. So doing these massive rock, as much as I love The Rock, did we really need Red Notice or whatever it was called? We need I mean, Red Notice. Yeah. We need it just for The Rock, but you are <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah, did we Did we need the, um, the, the the zombie one with Batista? And did we need the sequel to that? How much money was that oh, was spent on all those? Too much. But then Stranger Things... The first one, how much was spent on that? And that is beloved. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've got more Snyder shit coming out on Netflix as well, which we're probably going to have to fucking talk about because we <laughs> always seem to. But, yeah. I think it, it sums it up, though, when you go back, what, two, two, three years ago? Well, yeah, two, three years ago. And I hadn't downloaded anything other than the Arrowverse stuff because he, we didn't have any, any other choice and didn't add anything illegally. Mm-hmm. But in the last, even through lockdown, didn't need to because everything was on things we already paid for. But then they started getting greedy. What What's just you have? You either bankrupt yourself or you mm-hmm. they give you, they, I know it's it's been hypocritical or whatever, but they give you no choice. They, when the when the choice is there for a reasonable price, people will do it and they'll yeah. pay it. But All when we said that, yeah, when they're asking for near on twenty quid for Netflix, four K, <laughs> it's it's getting bored. Well, it's past borderline ridiculous now for mm. what it is. I mean, unless unless you got super eyes, you can't really tell the difference between ten eighty and four K anyway. No, even on a sixty five inch telly. So it's yeah, they're asking for trouble and they're getting trouble. And they're, yeah. they're paying for it, we're not. Well, yeah, because they're ordering an absolute shit ton of debt anyway. And now they're losing a, sub, a million subscribers per quarter. Like, you're just going to end up in this position where you're going to end up going bankrupt. It's, yeah, it's, it's worrying, but there we are. Right, okay, the non-film question this week is yours, please, Stu. So, well... Thrown at the deep end because Matthew couldn't be asked. Um, <laughs> so, bro, I was looking. I was organising my stuff and everything, and um, getting my shelves done. 
and as I look, and there's very few books there, obviously, apart from the Clarkson ones, which you have to have. And as I look, I'm thinking, well, what? Look at book art. I mean, we never ever talk about books really on here. Um, mainly because mm. I, I don't read anything, any <laughs> uh, nonfiction. But what is your favourite or most iconic book cover? Go to you first, Ash. I. I went for the one that I read during school during my GCSEs, and that's The Hobbit. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> that's literally where that's literally where it came from because The Hobbit was was the one that I put on the shelf. <laughs> Is that um, the black cover with the it's shiny like a, black picture on? No, Is that it's, one. So like no. Greeny Mountain on my Greeny Mountain. I've just sent it on uh, WhatsApp. If you were. Uh, Ah yes, I, I yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen that one. That is a nice looking cover. To be fair, we'll put this yeah. out on the on the Twitter. Yeah, that one's mine. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a couple of odd ones that I'll go with. Well, I say odd ones. Uh, the first one is a book called "Lovely Biscuits" by Grant Morrison, and it's a collection of his poetry and like um, plays that he wrote. I love Grant Morrison. He's a Crazy genius, love the guy. And because it's a book, it's a very eclectic image that I don't know if he's coming up on there. I will send it to you and I will put it out on the, the Twitter as well so you can see what we're talking about. But it's such a weird cover that really encapsulates the book because it's the cover's got a bit of everything on there and the book has got a bit of everything in there. And because of it being Grant Morrison, and I think it's the most expensive book I own, like I had to pay 100 quid to get it because... It had completely sold out everywhere, but I love Grant Morrison that much. I thought, oh, I've got to have this book. Uh, I'd also like um, Irving Welsh's Filth, which is it's a, a pig's head wearing a copper's hat, and the story is all about how corrupt the police, or this particular police officer is. Oh, and it's, did you watch the film, the James McAvoy film? I did. I watched the film before reading the book, and I'm really glad I did it that way, because I think if I'd have done it the other way, I would have hated the film. Because the, the film doesn't touch the sides of the book. But I really enjoyed the film. So then I really, really enjoyed the book. And obviously I've got to mention a comic book. Because, I mean, we all know I read comics. So uh, Detective Comics 566 is probably my favourite comic book cover. It's the image of Batman standing at the head of a hallway. And there's all these... Uh, it's like either mirrors or pictures of all his rogues gallery going down this hallway. Such a striking image. I really love it. Everyone will know this cover if you've ever picked up a comic book. It's iconic. It's up there with like the Spider-Man walking away with the, the, the trash can behind him with the spider suit in. And I would just like to mention, um, any fans of Doctor Who, check out Rachel Stott's, uh, Wolverhampton's own Rachel Stott. She's a comic book artist who worked on Doctor Who. Her cover for the 13th Doctor, the Jodie Whittaker one, it's a really cool cover. She's just got this way of encapsulating a character's essence. And I got her to sign it when I met her, and she was such a fucking awesome dude. So, yeah, Rachel starts Doctor Who as well. He's, yeah. uh, it needs mentioning. It's really cool. Get her on the show. Yeah, I'll, yeah we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll put out all the images that we've mentioned, and, yeah, we'll, um, we'll tag her in and see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stu, have you got anything else, or is, it, is The Hobbit your... Far and away, your number one. The, the Hobbit was the the like I said, it was the uh, 
the pinnacle of the well, the pinnacle of the idea. But it was the idea came from that because of looking at. I mean, I didn't read it, but I, I didn't read it at school. Or I mean, I touched on it since, but never read it all fully. Mm. But it, that cover, that cover was everywhere. I remember walking into the into because um, at our primary school it was a really really small little library. Um, yeah. But you walked in and there was a poster of that cover. And you think what in primary school? And this yeah. was like mid early mid nineties. And it's always just one of them. And it's one of them things. Where I thought, well, I should really get it framed, really. But then it'd be mm. too wanky because I haven't actually read it. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that that cover is just one of them covers. Oh, it is like I'm looking at it now, and it's almost got like a Japanese art style influences. And it's really cool because I've seen it with two different ways as well. There's one that the sun's white, and then the others the sun's ready orangey. Yeah, the red ones, uh, the one I'm looking at now. Yeah, so mm. the, when I was looking at posters for it, it had a white sun, and it didn't look right. But yeah, what is it? Oh, cool. I, I've read half of the Hobbit and then gave up on it. It just wasn't for me. Which I, I I don't know why I then bothered going to see the films or you know the Lord of the Rings films. I I didn't bother with the Hobbit films in the end. You didn't need to bother with the Hobbit film. That's what everyone told me. So I just thought it's I don't care enough about Lord of the Rings to then see a film that people who do care about Lord of the Rings say isn't very good. So the, it's, I didn't bother. The extended third one is m- so much better version mm. of the film than the actual theatrical one. Like the Lord of the Rings what films extended. Yeah, you get a bit more. But it doesn't fundamentally change the film. No, the third, the extended. What I can't even remember what they're called. Um, but the third one is so much. It's a, just watch the third one extended. I mean, you've only probably I presume you've only watched them once anyway. Um, but if you watch the Hobbit extended, all three of them, the third one especially is a completely different film. It's, okay. so, it's so much better. Did you watch them in uh, forty? Was it forty-eight frames per second? Oh, God, it was horrible. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was a gimmick that didn't last long, wasn't it? It was. It was like when you go around rent someone's house and they've got the the, the motion blur on, and you want to tell oh, them to God. the interpolation shit. That's yeah. what was going on. Oh God, no, that that sounds horrific. Right. Okay. So the next question is: What have you been watching lately, Ash? Um, I you yesterday went and watched DC Super Pets, which was a great silly bollocks. Woohoo! Had a great bit of fun on that one. Um, I've on the TV. I've been rewatching the X Men animated series because that's great to put on in the background yes. as you were doing other things. Uh, just today, I binged through the first three episodes of the Arsenal or Nothing TV series. <laughs> that ending's going to be fantastic. Uh. Recently, I just watched Invincible. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell of a show. And less fantastic, I've just watched a American Horror Story double feature. That second half of that series is absolute dumpster fire. It's, it's the worst, isn't it? I mean, everyone says Roanoke is the worst season of AHS. I haven't got to that one. I'm literally at the start of it now. But I can't see how... Roanoke is going to be worse than the second half of, of this season. So one I of the enjoy- worst things I've seen. I enjoyed Roanoke as a sort of a different little gimmick, and the way they planned it is probably mm. a, it's a lot better than this double feature where they had okay. no link whatsoever. At least with Roanoke, the two series come together and it's quite it works well together. This dog shit. 
Like I, I really enjoyed the first half of Double Feature because Macaulay Culkin's the only second mention. But the Mac was back. Like it was great to see him back acting. It was really good. And it didn't feel like he'd really missed the step. He was excellent in it. Um so then for the second half to be so wildly awful. I mean, it goes from a, like a four star to a one star. It is that much of a, a disparity. I'm not I'm not being hyper, hyperbolic here. It's awful. It's almost unwatchable that the second half of it. it's terrible. Mm. Stu, what have you been watching? Well, because like I mentioned, I was away last week. So since I wasn't in my usual audio visual cave of wonder and I was forced to watch things on a pauper's TV. Um, <laughs> a couple of um, a couple of the good old documentaries. I watched Meltdown in Three Mile Island, which on Netflix, which I'd never even heard of before. Mm. So a nuclear accident that happened before Chernobyl, but in America. Um, okay. It didn't blow up, but it released shitloads of toxic gas and stuff into the hydrogen gas into the air. Um, and they just just left it. They left the people there. <laughs> so <laughs> some of them left, and obviously, the after I think it's three part um, Netflix documentary. Really good, really interesting. Something I'd never. You know even what? Heard. That that explains so much about a nineties wrestler called Adam Bomb because he was billed as being from Three Mile Island. There you go. Okay, uh, never I know about it. Okay, right. Yeah, so there was that, <laughs> and then there was captive audience. A real American horror story that was on Disney Plus, and that was a, about a kid who was kidnapped at seven years old, and then mm-hmm. reappeared seven years later. Um, and it was really clever because it was turned into a, the story was turned into a film, and they, they the TV movie, and they were using footage from the TV movie as well as talking about the actual events that happened, but the uh, but they were using the people who played the characters in the TV movie in the eighties, reading through the script. Now, okay. I've never seen anything quite like it before. And it was uh, produced by the Russo brothers, um, who will come on to next because the other one, and I knew you watched it and obviously hated it. I had stayed away from the gray man for, because of the absolute shocking reviews and mm. things that had been said about it. And I know Nate, Mentioned it on Twitter that he enjoyed, he enjoyed it as well. I fucking love this film. <laughs> and it is so shit. It is not a good film at all. But it's... I think this time it knows exactly what it is. A bit like what we were talking about The Rock earlier. This was like channeling Commando. <laughs> and Chris Evans' performance with his silly little evil moustache and how, how he minced around the screen was almost... Seen it was all there was points where he might have just been saying, I'm waiting for you, John, <laughs> <laughs> as is the ex- excellent line in Commando. It's like an 80s film now, which is exactly what I wanted to watch at this time. And yeah, some of the CG in the plane is a bit ropey, <laughs> really bad. <massive. laughs> and the, the sheer amount of destruction and explosions is ridiculous. Um. But I think having a really awful name doesn't help it either. No. I mean, that's why it kind of turned me, because people were talking about it. I thought, the grey man, what the hell is this? And it completely turned me off it. And then I saw what it was about. And I thought, right. And my new beau, Anna, I'm going to watch everything that she's in from now on. I love that woman. <laughs> um, she's a delight. <clears throat> well, she is in Deep Water and um, 
on Prime. You watch that with with Affleck. Okay, I, I do like Ben Affleck, so I like that one. Yeah, you. Uh, you there's not much left to see of her anyway. Let's just put, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I really enjoyed it, and I know why you hate it, and I know, because it's fun and it's silly, um, <laughs> and, and you can't you can't say yeah, it's film of the year because it absolutely won't be. But out of all the things that we watched this year, Maverick aside, I've probably smiled more watching that almost on a par with Jackass Four or Jackass <laughs> Forever. I don't know why. I just did. Mm, I thought it was absolute gash. (laughs) It was the most generic film I've ever seen. Like every genre trope you expect to see in a film of this genre, it hit on the head. It wasn't well directed. I'll give you the acting. I think Chris Evans had the time of his life. Like he really seemed, he looked like he was enjoying himself, which doesn't always mean that I'm going to enjoy myself because they are like, and like, I really like, um, Gosling, generally speaking, I think he's solid. But he just sort of grinned his way through the whole film without really putting in any effort. Ugh, I hated it. And I, I, someone said the other day, they referred to the Russo brothers as jumped-up TV directors. And that's exactly what they are. And that's what they've shown in virtually all of their films. They're just TV directors who've been given a budget. I mean, it was a $200 million film. I expect a lot better for that money. You got your and explosions. That's what you had. Got lots of fucking explosions. And it ends with a quite obvious there's going to be a sequel. I have no interest in seeing any more from that world. It was terrible. What if they cross it over? With what? The rock. Oh. They Christ. can't do that to me. They cannot do that to me. You can see where <laughs> it's gonna go. It's it's got a similar vibe to it. If if they if they've got the Netflix cinematic Christmas universe, then they can have the, the silly action film universe as well. Mm. They can't. They, I hope they don't. They will. Oh, guys, I'd be <laughs> devastated if they did that. <laughs> um, I also watched Super Pets. All I wanted was for it to be silly fun, and that's exactly what I got. Like, it wasn't highbrow. It wasn't a kid's film, but adults can laugh at it. It was just silly fun throughout, and I, I really enjoyed myself. It was precisely what I wanted it to be. Excellent. Um, after your recommendation on the last question cast, I watched the game, the uh, Michael Douglas film. Is it Michael yes. Douglas? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. My kind of film. I like a good sort of murder mystery spy going on kind of nonsense. Yeah, it was great fun. Really, really good movie. I loved it. Um, I finished off my Bob's Burgers rewatch. So I've now got to watch the film again, which I'm really looking forward to. And I've started off watching The Simpsons again. Um, I've started from season three because I watched seasons one and two last year. And season three is when the good stuff comes in. So I've just watched the flaming Homer, the episode where he invents the drink that Mo steals. Oh, this is so good. Like I, I genuinely see some of the best animated TV that's ever been made. It, it was excellent for you know a brief period of time that's now well and truly in the ashes. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to mention, on Disney Plus there's a documentary series called Keeper of the Ashes, which is about the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders where a group of kids were killed. Um, Girl Scouts, they were on a camping weekend and a few of them got murdered. Like It sounds really like my kind of thing. I like a good murder mystery documentary. And Kristen Chenoweth's in it, so I thought, excellent, I love Kristen Chenoweth. 
and it kind of whiffs. Like, there's no point in Kristen being there other than she was a Girl Scout in Oklahoma at that time. Like, there's no link between her and the story, and the story is just so slowly, um, like, evolving that, like, nothing's happening. It's going so slow, and it's, yeah, it's really missed the mark for me, which is very disappointing, unfortunately. Um, but I've only watched the first two episodes. I believe there's another two to go. I don't know if I can be asked to finish them off because they've been that bad. So, yeah, there we are. So moving on to our individual questions. Ash, you're up first. See, I think I was trying to go for something uh, serious. <laughs> but then I thought, why don't I just go... Um, completely the other way so my question is you have to replace the cast of a film with all entirely muppets but you get to keep one human in the cast which film and which human do you keep (laughs) Uh, my first thought was um to do raging bull but then i thought well i don't want to see robert de niro punching a muppet so did that, so I, I don't know, so I thought, thought maybe, maybe not Raging Bull, but I do like the idea of a Scorsese. So I'm going with Goodfellas, but I'm going to keep Henry Hill. Um, oh, Christ, what's his name? Ray Liotta. Yeah, I don't know why, that just completely went out of my head. Ray Liotta, I would keep him, but everyone else, your De Niro, your Pesci, everyone else would be a Muppet. I was like, like the visual of when they go into the, the freezer and they've got someone hung up and it's just a Muppet. I just think it could be really good. So that, that's my answer. He's good, fellas. I went for a similar kind of vibe, but with Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And obviously keep Steve Buscemi because he's kind of Muppet-like anyway and he'd fit perfectly. <laughs> but just, you know, I mean, to keep to get back to that series, because I really enjoyed season one and two of Fargo. Yeah. And that's all I've seen. I, I don't know why I've never carried on with it, but yeah. Season three's good. Season three's better than two, but I haven't watched four yet either, so yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, that, that's that's going straight on the list then. But yeah, that film, and I haven't seen that film for a long, long time. Um, but for some reason, that this is that what came straight into my head. So that's what I wrote down. <laughs> Fargo. The wood chipper scene, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excellent. Fine. I'm going for Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm keeping Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> I think that'd just be perfection. Oh god, that would be grim, wouldn't it? <laughs> all of the all of the Muppets in black and white apart from one red one. <laughs> apart from Elmo. Apart from Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Herding all, the, oh. herding all the Muppets onto the trains. Oh, God bless them. Dear me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely watch that. Uh, Stu, you're up next, please. Yeah, and this came from, well, even after I said over an hour ago that we weren't going to talk about the weather, <laughs> <laughs> this came after our, our amazing heat wave ended after two days and it was absolutely pissing down. And I just looked at it and thought, well, what is... Your favourite or most iconic rain scene? Because <laughs> out of all the things, why have we not talked about this? And it pisses down quite a lot in this country. So, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Ash first. I went... I, I, there was a couple, of e- a couple of easier ones, which I left. I'm going for Rush. 
the final race in the Japanese Grand Prix between Nicky mm. Lauda and James Hunt. I think that scene, the way they filmed that in the rain, was fantastic. D- Daniel Brühl, uh, the way he acted as well. I love that scene. I love that film, but I think that ending was brilliant. And even though most people know the result, like you still had that tension. And I think that's the making of a good scene and well directed. So rush for me. Yeah. Even you like that, don't you, Andy? You don't even like F one. I, I haven't seen Rush. I saw oh the Le, Le Mans sixty six is the one I saw that I loved. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, you, you'll you'll enjoy Rush then because it's similar kind of vibes. Mm. Good cast Senna as, as well. well. Yeah, Senna's yeah. good as well. Senna's yeah. oh, it's mm. that, that that could have been your answer from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though obviously I remember that happening in ninety four, but yeah, that you know, I've said that that story before where me and Dean walked didn't talk to each other when we walked to the, went to see Senna at the cinema and then we walked all the way back to the pub without saying a word to each other because we were too emotional. <laughs> I, I could imagine, yeah. It's um, Even as someone who's not into that world, like that is a moving film and a moving depiction of the man. Like, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it gets you that one, does. Uh, my answer is... Well, there's, there's like two iconic scenes in the rain, but the one I want to go for is set after a rainfall. Uh, and I will quote you from the film. Thank God for the rain, which has helped wash away the garbage and trash off the sidewalks. All the animals come out at night. Whores, skunk pussies, buggers, queens, fairies, dopers, junkies, sick, venal. Someday a real rain will come and wash all the scum off the streets. It's Taxi Driver. The scene of Robert De Niro driving after the rainfall through the streets, just hating the world just hating everything that is going on, working himself up into this this fever that is going to ultimately end the way it ends. I just think, I mean, I'm such a big fan of De Niro anyway, but his delivery of those lines is absolutely perfect. So for me, it's the scene set just after the rainfall and it's uh, Taxi Driver. So my, mine was, I mean, it's plainly straight, but it's Jurassic Park and the T-Rex. <laughs> Oh, that, you know, that wasn't the one I thought you was going to say. But yeah, yeah, good thing. Carry on, anyway, carry on, yeah. I, I presume that you thought I was going to say The Matrix or something. something... No, I thought you might have gone for Shawshank, the t- tunnelling out into mm. the, the rain. Yeah, but it, it was too easy to wind you up without that, so there was no point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, sure nobody's gone for Blade Runner. That that was a consideration. Oh, yeah, that is a good scene. It's just constant raining, though. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's I, the whole film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think... I I so want to watch it again, but it's so depressing and sad. <laughs> Even which which uh, I probably haven't seen. Hmm. I saw the final cut the week before the sequel, mm. um, but some of the other versions I ain't seen for years. But yeah, I mean, let's mention singing in the rain because we know we're going to get abuse on Twitter if we don't. Yeah, uh, that was the other obvious answer for me yeah. was singing in the rain. Yeah, brilliant film. Great scene. Yeah, but Jurassic Park, just, just with the T-Rex foot comes down into the mud, just super, even now, nearly 30 odd years later, superb. It's Yeah, iconic, actually, I said in the question, like that is a, such an icon, iconic image from an iconic film. Yeah, that, that's a great choice, to be fair. So on to my question, whose death on film was the most impactful? Stu. And this was impactful for me, not for audience, because that's too complicated. Um, 
so for me, the one that I, I it does it takes a lot for me to choke up and that kind of thing. Um, the epi- the quarterback episode of Glee, mm. really got me, <laughs> and not even not even in a piss take way. That was so emotional, on it. and for a long time I didn't watch it afterwards because I couldn't. Because Corey Monteith, obviously, what happened to him? It was just it was too much. Yeah, <laughs> and that episode was really really good. <laughs> um, but Logan, we obviously mm-hmm. we all knew it was going to happen. And, oh, spoilers. Um, but, <laughs> but just how it was shot, that film itself is superb anyway. Um, but yeah, just leaning up against that that tree or stone, whatever he's leaning up against, just really. I think because it was the end of a journey as well that we had from back in 2000 and mm. it was finally all over for that iteration anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it really chilled me up and it really affected me in a way it really shouldn't have done. <laughs> it was really well delivered though, yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge, huge Ackman fan, but he acted his bollocks off in that whole film, let alone that scene. So yeah, yeah great choice. Ash? Um, I had a TV one and a film one as well. Um, <clears throat> my TV one would be uh, Marshall's dad in How I Met Your Mother Again. Mm. Um, I've, that that was brilliant. The the scene, the, the the episode leading up to his death with the countdown, that was yeah. well, very well done. And then the entire scene of the last words with him and everyone, all of all of Marshall's family having the uh, last words, and then he didn't have one. And then obviously with the phone call at the end, that hit home. It breaks me every time um but for a film i went for an outside outside one i went for scream but i went for drew barrymore's death ah, she's okay. on she's on the poster and she dies in the first 15 minutes the girl, the cover girl dying in the first 15 minutes was unheard of before scream and they changed the entire bloody genre with it i thought that was fantastic um, arguably at that time I think Drew Barrymore was probably the biggest star wasn't she? In that film by yeah. quite some distance yeah So for them to kill her off in the first 15 minutes I think that was a massive impact I don't, mm-hmm. think, that... I don't even think he's 50, it's probably about 5 minutes ain't it really? Yeah, it's, yeah. 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 I mean I know obviously it was a homage to um Psycho, Psycho, with Janet Lee's death, but Janet Lee lasts considerably longer than than Drew Barrymore does in that film, and, and yeah, that that does have a hell of an impact on as you as the viewer because you immediately you're assuming she's going to be the final girl, not the first person offed. Yeah, so yeah, immediately you've got you on the wrong foot. Like it's it's masterful storytelling. And how many films now just kill off like a big star? They bring in some sort of person and like. Just off the top of my head, like in Saw, they one of the Saw films they had Chester Bennington, and they just mm-hmm. offed him in the first first mm-hmm. death, and they it completely changed the game. Yeah, absolutely. And the other one that just sprang to my mind was uh, Deep Blue Sea with Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> which is such a bad film, but I do enjoy the hell out of that one. Of <laughs> uh, my honourable mentions um, for the second mention of the evening is My Girl. When Macaulay Culkin, Thomas J. Sennett dies, I, I still cannot watch that film. A couple of years ago, it was on Channel 5. I was flicking through the stations and I landed on the scene with him in the coffin. And that was literally all I'd seen. And I was bawling my eyes out because it just it just kills me every time. It's too much. Uh, in Scrubs, the TV show, 
when Jill Tracy dies, who's a patient who's appeared in a couple of episodes, and then her death has this knock-on effect because she died of rabies, which they didn't realise. They transplanted some of her organs. Other people died because of it. And Dr Cox's reaction is some of the best acting I have ever seen, ever. It is incredible. Um, I implore people to check that out because it is just next level. Uh, and the other one I mentioned was Hector in Coco. Like, he's dead when we meet him because we meet him in the other world, but we then get a revelation of, his death and who he is um, and it's just really beautifully told it's so moving that I didn't expect it in this film like I went in just thinking it'll be another fine Pixar movie like they're all good but yeah um, and it ends up just really kicking you in the bollocks like it's it's really well done uh, but my actual answer is Jack Twist from Brokeback Mountain um, like it's such a beautiful story of their relationship throughout the film and the hardships that they go through as a couple and then at the end, when he calls him to try and catch up with him only for his wife and Hathaway to tell him that he's no longer with us. And she tells him a sanitised version of what happens. But then you get the flashbacks of him being beat up because he was a gay man and being murdered. And it's it's kind of devastating and horrible. And it really just sort of tears your heart out, having seen the struggle they've been through throughout the whole film. It's such a wonderful, like, I'd, I'd go as far as saying Brokeback Mountain is a perfect film. It is excellently well made. So for me, that's the answer. To go back to um, Scrubs, I'm surprised you didn't mention Brendan Fraser. I, I love that. That's the, the the bait and switch in that is perfectly played. Like, I, I remember having to watch it twice because I, I just completely missed it the first time. It's so well done. Um but it's just, it's Dr. Cox, it's John C. McGinley in that other episode that, I mean, to be honest, like he's, he's one of my favourite actors. He's never anything less than perfect in a movie. He's exceptionally mm-hmm. talented. Um, that, that is a top shape, to be fair. Uh, next up is a picture pod where we're going to be discussing Amos and Andrew, a film from 1993. It is currently available for free on the YouTube. It's a fast comedy where a black man gets wrongly accused of committing a crime and all the white police force overreact. I mean, where do they get their ideas from? Eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd probably recommend people watch it. it it's interesting enough to, to get through. Um, but yeah, it's available for free on YouTube, but obviously check out justwatch.com in case it's streaming anywhere else by the time you get to it. Uh, please make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcatcher you're listening to. And if you could leave us a review, good, bad or indifferent, we don't care. It just helps us grow if you leave a few words saying what you thought of the pod. You know, I, I did this the other day because like the amount of podcasts that I listen to who want Patreon money, I can't afford to pay you anything. Um, so I just leave them a review because it bumps up their numbers and helps people find them on iTunes and Spotify and stuff. So, yeah, if you've got five, ten minutes spare, we would love you forever for it. Um, obviously, get in contact with us on the socials at CageFightingPod and any emails to CageFightingPod at gmail.com. So for this week, Ash, would you like to say goodbye? See you later, guys. Stu, would you like to say goodbye? Viva forever. Goodbye. A Spice Girls reference. Yes. <laughs> it's goodbye from me and remember. Be excellent to each other. Oh.